Back when I first got saved. Yeah, yeah. So I was listening to that all week, and uh, just had a playlist on, and, and it was just bringing back memories. So I said, you know what? We're gonna go a little bit old school. So <laughs> maybe one Saturday we might have hymns here or something. So we'll see. <laughs> hey man, so it's good to be here. Um, you know, some of y'all don't know I had to go work patrol this past week. So I wasn't here last week. Thank you for bringing the word. I listened to it. It's a good word. So those that weren't here, you can hear it tomorrow. Um, proud. <laughs> You know, um, so thank you once again, Marie. Yeah, so it, it's good to be back. It was an interesting week. I, you know, I realize I'm getting older after being out there. I didn't really have to do nothing besides ride around with people because it's been so long since I've been on the street, I couldn't even log into the computer. The reports are not the same. Y'all think I'm joking, but I, I'm being serious. So all I can do is just sit there and be like a ride along. But, uh, you know, and it, it let me know that the world is still lost. You know, because I've seen some things and, you know, it's some things are troubling. And, you know, both the saved and the unsaved, um, those that, when I say saved, those that cry out to God, they go to church. Because uh, I had to go to a call last Sunday with the guy I was riding with, also I was riding with, and uh, it was at a church. It was at a church. And the call came in as this person was having a, a potential seizure. So we get there, and this is probably about, I think it was around 4.30, maybe, 4.30 in the afternoon. And they, they normally weren't having church, but I guess their main pastors were coming in from out of town, and they were having a celebration there. But So I go in the back, we, we go in the back, and then we get out, and this young lady sitting there <coughs> in a wheelchair with some other people, and um, turns out that she's a recovering alcoholic. So she's going with, with, through withdrawals, right? And, she, uh, you know, they're, they're, tell, they're talking to us and say, and y'all pray for Richard because the ambulance was not available at all. And, and that, that is happening a lot lately. So there's no ambulance, so they had to transport her herself, but themselves. But getting back to the, the story, it was like uh, they said, you know, they said, up you know, we love you, you're strong. And... Apparently she drank sanitizer, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer to, for the alcohol fix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and they're trying to decide whether or not it's mouthwash or sanitizer. And it's like, and I, I'm asking the Lord, I said, all right, what do you want me to say? And I get nothing. I get nothing. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I, should, I, I think I should say something here. And I, I literally get nothing. I was like, okay, so I'm not going to step out and say anything because he, he's not giving me anything. And I'm asking him. He's not giving me anything. But I'm watching them, and I'm, I'm listening to them, and they're saying, oh, we love you. You're so strong. I started to get angry on the inside because, you know, we don't, that's not the way for people to overcome their sin. And that's what they were doing, loving, trying to love this girl through her problems. And it's a young girl. She probably was maybe about 19, 18, 19. And, I, and all along, the adults there, they got shirts on, prayer team, dream team. Please don't ever come to me with about an idea about shirts with dream team on. That's not happening. Yeah, that's not ever happening. <laughs> that, 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 that's another story. That, that, that stuff's not a God. <laughs> but, um, but I... I was 
wasn't disturbed, so they take her to put in the car, and we walk on the way, and then there was a lady there. She, she's not a part of the church, but she's there, part of the event. But we're walking, me and the other officer and her, we're walking back towards the police car, and then she says, see, church people. And I said, you know, all church people are not like this. And I said, well, I'm past that. I said, that I don't condone. And she says, now, see, she's telling me that she says, now, they're trying to act like this is the first time. She says, every Sunday, this girl is like this. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Every Sunday. And then, and even before, she's like, can you please tell, she's telling them, can you please have Pastor so-and-so come visit me? And that's the problem because now, when I got in the car and I was angry, what I began to see is this girl one day is not going to wake up. And see, because for her to even do that at church is a problem. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're sitting up there almost condoning it and basically trying to love and say, you're strong, you can do this. And I didn't hear not one time Jesus. And I, I'm not saying they, they may have said it before, said his name before, and it, you know, nobody offered to pray with her then, and they could have done that before I got there. But um, it's disturbing on what the church was. So I went back and I looked at, you know me, so I looked at what the church beliefs are and things like that, and I Googled it, and, and I'm not going to mention church's name, but I pretty much said so you can research it yourself anyway on who meets down there. <laughs> come to bring deliverance, restoration, and she doesn't have to live like that. But no, she doesn't know because even through the, the website that I'm looking, it doesn't say anything about the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the power of God to bring deliverance to this. So for the future, she's going to be like that. And she's okay with being like that for her to do that constantly over and over, and especially at the church. She's okay to do it. And, you know, and the thing is that they talked about how, talked about the music, how they play the music so loud. This is what I understand. So they play the music so loud that you can't even hear the praise and worship team. And this is on the website. Yeah, you can't even hear what they're saying. This is what they're saying. So you can't even hear the person next to you. And they, and they offer earplugs if the, the music itself is too loud. Yeah, yeah. So that's the look I had when I read it. But, yeah, so... I preface, I say all that preface or message because we're going to talk about Babylon and the church. Alright, so I guess the title of it is The Church in the Midst of the Babylonian Culture. And, and I say that because while I was working on this, and uh, it, the church has come to where, you know, we're supposed to be in the world and not of the world. But what we've done is we allowed the Babylonian culture to come inside the church. And instead of us influencing the world, Babylon, we're being influenced. Amen. We as in the church. And we're doing the same things that they're doing. So instead of it being the power of Christ coming to bring deliverance, bring healing, we're coming with different systems and things like that. And we're bringing them into the church and we're looking to bring deliverance that way. But that's not how God's called deliverance to come. And we have to learn how to function in the midst of Babylon. 
Because when I say Babylon, sometimes, you know, we automatically think uh, Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, and we're going to talk about Daniel. But we're going to prefix some things before we get there. So we may not get quite to Daniel today. But, you know, we'll think about the end times, you know, the uh, mystery of Babylon. And I'm going to talk about that in a few weeks because we're going to see how, just what I talked about before, how the church plays a role with the Antichrist. And, and God's... You know, what Jesus tells the church, and he tells John in Revelation for, for us to come out, you know, because we are playing, we are playing with Hall Tree right now. The church is, you know, so we're, 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 what I, remember what I always say, if you look at, look at Israel, you see the church, vice versa, same behavior, same actions, things like that, we will see. So, do, if I would say to you, do we, or should we submit and surrender to an evil leader? Yeah, should we submit to an evil leader? <laughs> in your own, you know, in your own. <laughs> I see people looking at this and probably thinking, well, what does he want me to say? No, just. <laughs> Jesus 
walked the earth. But Jesus did not get with her. Jesus did not get with her. And we have to ask ourselves and wonder why. And see, you look at the zealots, the zealots hated everything about Roman rule. Because they were all about God and want God first. And they were waiting for the Messiah to come. And they were rallying because they were ready for the army to, to go with the uh, Messiah. And, and nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so when you were, you read the history books and you would see Jewish uprisings in the Roman culture, more than likely it was the zealots doing that stuff. It was the zealots going to kill and fight the Roman government rule. So it would be safe to say that they could not stand tax collectors. They, they wouldn't be able to stand a tax collector. So we know that Jesus had a disciple that was a tax collector, right? Matthew. Matthew. But guess what? He had a disciple that was also a zealot. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. So now you got somebody who can't stand more likely Matthew. Now, they all weren't always violent, but they all had the same concept of thought where they hated Roman rule. So now you got a tax collector that is working for the side of the Roman government and taxing his own people. So that zealot wouldn't like him. You know? So it's Simon the Zealot. And he's also known as Simon the Canaanite. But the common denominator, Jesus Christ. Amen. See, when you have enemies, <laughs> when Jesus Christ is the center, he can bring people together. Just Praise like bringing the bloods and the crypts together. Amen. Right. It, it, it's just like bringing it, 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 it is upon your mind. It'll just be like Somebody who rapes a woman, goes to jail, comes out, born again, his victim is born again, and they work together. That's a true story. That's happened. That's a true story. And there's nobody but Jesus Christ that could do something like that. Amen. Right, so those are things that we have to keep in mind when we come to Jesus Christ. Because sometimes, you know, especially in today's time, this is, again, we got to be careful of that Babylonian culture coming into us where, nope, I don't want to deal with this. Nope, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to tell me to do this because I'm a Christian. we got to be careful of that because we have to understand, like the old saying, what would Jesus do? See, because Jesus submitted to Pilate, and Pilate was evil. He did some evil, bad things, but Jesus submitted to him. And we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. All right, so real quick, so before we go on, let's turn to a familiar text. Romans 13, and I believe, Marie, you read this a couple weeks ago, I think. <laughs> Romans 13, uh, verse 1. Oh, and just for the record, a couple weeks ago when I spoke shortly, that wasn't because of football. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, that was because the message was split up from the week before, so that's why that was shorter than normal. <laughs> Trust me, I got a game to watch tonight okay, too. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I think about the zealous, and I think about you know, we all remember what happened in January, the storming of the capital, capital, right? And the zealous would have been, a, they would, they would approve of that. And you know, afterwards, you had Christians say, "No, we weren't part of that. We were, we were out there singing praise and worship songs." And then, well, no, actually, you were a part of it because y'all went there for the same thing. Y'all went there for the same thing to protest elections and things like that. And we're going to talk about a little bit about that because, you know what, we, we, well, I'll get to that later. But it's, you know, 
you were out there saying kumbaya all together one time, and then, you know, y'all walked to the Capitol together just because you didn't go inside. Doesn't exempt you. you, you you're still guilty. You, the yeah, you, you, <laughs> you're still guilty. So, you know, all of a sudden, now, every, you know, the Christians and churches that were there start to try to distance themselves and say, but no, see, but that was zealot behavior. That was zealot behavior. And on the surface, it would appear that they were right. You know, because, let, let's face it, some of us probably thought, you know, election fraud, right? We, we talked about it, some of us probably thought, but have we ever thought that maybe it's God that's doing mm. that? Have we ever thought maybe that all these people that are getting in the office, that are doing things contradictory to God's plan, is from God? Because it's part of His judgment, judgment. absolutely, His judgment that's coming. Right? And, and then judgment always starts with at the house of the Lord first. See, so we wonder how these people get in office, no way that they're supposed to win. Here's a perfect example. The California governor. He wasn't well liked out there. Through all the things between the illegal immigrants, through COVID, he was not well liked. But guess what? He won. And people sit back and uh, the person that was going against him, Say, lecture fraud. No, how about, let's look at God. Mm. God is in the midst of this. You see, because it's something we can't explain. It, because these people weren't supposed to win. Even from Richmond Mayor. People were like, there's no way he's going to win. But he went. He did win. Richmond Sheriff. Same thing. No way she's going to win. Her employees don't like working for her. People were calling for a change, but yet she wins. Have we ever thought maybe that that's God in the midst of this because of his judgment? See, because, see, same thing with the zealots. The zealots wanted to make, make Israel great again. They wanted to make Israel great again, just like, you know, we want to make America great again. But America can never be great because... Unless we have God first. See, the zealots, at least they wanted God first. See, but we don't truly want God first. We want to just be able to go back and, and, and take pictures with the president, be invited to the White House, you know, and really the church is hypocritical. Because we want access to those things, and it's not to do righteous things. It's so we can say, everybody, look at me. I sat down with the president. And, and see, what's hypocritical about it, because the church had no problem meeting with Trump. But, and I just found this out, uh, I think we went to on vacation, that when Obama ran and he won, they had an opportunity. He invited all the evangelicals there. And guess what? They said no. But that was the opportunity to be a Daniel, to go in there. So even all his wicked decisions he made made in office, what could have happened if they would have met with him and influenced him? Same thing with Biden now. But see, as a church, as Christians, we're in judgment right now. Everything that we're doing, God is looking at. And we're going to be held accountable. Even our thoughts. And we'll get to that. All right, so Romans 13. All right. Romans 13, beginning at verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. What do you say? Every soul. Right? Does it say only non-believers? Nope. 
Every soul will be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by who? God. So the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So whether it's Newsom, whether it's Stoney, whether it's Biden, they're appointed by God. So we can't sit up here and claim election fraud. That, that should not come. Now, the world can claim that, but as believers, we cannot claim that. Because if we as believers claim election fraud, then we're saying man is smarter than God. Because God says right here, the authority that exists are appointed by him. <laughs> but we can't have this much election fraud everywhere. But anyway, <laughs> however, <laughs> it's God. All right, so no authority except from God. So God appoints the nation's leaders, but not always to bless the people. He appoints the nation's leaders for judgment. And we're going to see that with Nebuchadnezzar here coming up. So, let's, uh, Jesus, Jesus, let's turn to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. So I talked about, I mentioned earlier how the Savior suffered under Pontius Pilate. Hmm. Let's see what Jesus had to say. Alright, Jesus chapter 19, beginning at verse 10, 10 and 11. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you, given to you from where? Above. Alright, so even though Pontius Pilate was in office, it didn't come from man. It came from God. And see, what does Jesus say after that? Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greatest sin. Why? Because Jesus knew that Pontius Pilate had the authority to sentence him to death. But the ones that turned Jesus in, Judas, the religious leaders, they had no authority to do that. But Pontius Pilate had authority to do that because that was within his role. Alright, so let's go back to Romans 13. Pastor, you can stay there, because I'm going to just read verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authority, resists the ordinance of who? God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Alright, so Ecclesiastes 10 20. Let's go there. Ecclesiastes 10 and 20 are in your table of contents, because I know that's not a book we normally read. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 20. Do not curse the king, even in your thought. Do not curse the rich, even in your bedroom, for a bird of the air may carry your voice, and a bird in flight may tell the matter. So do not curse the king, even in your thought. So that word curse there means trifling, trivial. So we should not even be talking. See, the things in the very... 
things that we may think about leaders, and I'm talking to myself too, <laughs> we, we, we should not even be thinking those things if we're walking in obedience to God and His Word. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. And I'm just prefacing all this before we get to Nebuchadnezzar. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. 1 Peter chapter 2. chapter 2 verse 13 therefore submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good for this is the will of God for this is the will of God this is the will of God that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice but as bond service of God. So just because we have a right to do something doesn't mean we're to do it. Verse 17. Honor all people. That word honor means revere with great respect and treat with value. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor the king. Alright? So these are things that we have to remember. So, now get into Daniel. Alright, so Daniel's humble respect was tied to his firm belief that God is in control of who is in control. And that's what we have to understand today, regardless of what goes on today, God is in control. Regardless of what decisions people make, God is in control. Because we have to understand, we're in Babylon, but we're not of Babylon. We can't allow Babylon to creep into the church. We can't allow Babylon to creep into our lives. And, and, and our personal lives and our relationship with God. <clears throat> so Daniel was, wasn't respectful because Nebuchadnezzar deserves it. He was respectful because God commanded it. And see, God had warned the Jews. He, he told through Jeremiah and other prophets that they were going to fall under the leadership of Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. And they were going to be conquered and defeated by them. So, what we do today sometimes is we'll make excuses on why Daniel did what he did because he served under the... I'll tell you the truth, probably Daniel will probably be considered a sellout today. Serving under a wicked king like Nebuchadnezzar. And we're going to get to how wicked he was. But he, he will be considered... He will be criticized by many Christians in the church today. And it, and it really doesn't make sense. So... Consider the words of Jeremiah, contemporary of Daniel. He told the Israelites who were reluctant to serve the king of Babylon that they were wrong. God wanted them to humbly submit during his short season of power and authority. So, Daniel did the right thing by serving under Nebuchadnezzar, despite being kidnapped, castrated, forced to go to school to learn occult, cultic things, idols, practice magic and things like that, he still served them humbly. And even in the midst of this Babylonian culture, because any of us that have been to public school, we've been to Babylon, Babylonian culture, because that, that's what they're teaching. They ain't teaching the things of God in public school. But what we've done is this. We've, ta we've taken ourselves and we say, well, we're going to take ourselves out and we're going to exclude ourselves and we're going to make Christian schools and this is where we're going to teach our kids the things of the Bible 
But if we take ourselves out of the world, then we're taking salt and a light out. Mm. And we can't do that. And see, God never intended for that to happen. God made it. And see, God never intended for the schools to teach our children about the things of God either. That's my responsibility as a parent. That is all of our responsibilities as parents. So those are things that we have to keep in mind. We don't seclude ourselves. And see, we even do it within the church. We will seclude ourselves from the rest of the world. Say, we're going to stay here and everybody else will be out there. We can't do that either because that's not God's intention. Because you think about it, so we all read Daniel. So anytime, think, think about just in Daniel how many times God was glorified by Nebuchadnezzar, King Darius, because they watched. He look, he could, he didn't understand the things of God. Neither Nebuchadnezzar or Darius, they didn't understand fully the things of God. But they could never deny God's miracle working power. And see, when we're we're especially us working for the government. When we're here, we have opportunities when we come across our leaders, our supervisors, for to allow God's power to work. And then they can't deny that. They, 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 they may not know Jesus, but they can't deny a miracle that's taking place. He couldn't deny Daniel's interpretation of his dream. And see, even as wicked as Nebuchadnezzar was, Daniel still had a fondness for him. Because in chapter 4, when he interpreted the dream for where Nebuchadnezzar was going to lose his kingdom, Daniel was upset. He didn't want to tell him. And Nebuchadnezzar says, tell me. Regardless of what it is, tell me. And before Daniel starts speaking, he says, I hope this is for somebody else. And this is for somebody that practiced divination and witchcraft. But Daniel still had fun. See, Daniel wouldn't be well liked today in the church. But yet, we want Daniel's <coughs> miracles of being delivered from the lion's den. We want Daniel's vision. We want, we want Daniel's angel visitation. But we don't want to do Daniel's obedience. <laughs> See, you can't have one without the other. We're either all in or all out. I think I said it before. Did I remember the ho hokey pokey? <laughs> <laughs> right, so we either got to be all in or all out. So we, we can't, and see, what we've allowed ourselves to do, we allowed ourselves to pick and choose which one, all right, I'll be in on this, but I'm not going to be on this because I can't do that. Because that person is wrong. That person tolerates abortion. That, God didn't tell you to judge what he does. God said to pray for him. Not only pray for him or her, but to pray also that we might be able to live a holy and peaceful life. Right. But we don't do that. We don't do that. Alright, so. Oh man. Alright. So let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 27. Jeremiah chapter 27. Let's see exactly who we have here. Who we dealing with, with Mr. Nebuchadnezzar. Jeremiah 27, uh, beginning at verse 2. Thus says the Lord, we're going to read all the way to verse 8. Thus says the Lord to me, make for yourselves bonds and yokes and put them on your neck and send them to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the Ammonites, the king of Tyre, and the king of Sidon. 
by the hand of the messengers who come to Jerusalem through Zedekiah, king of Judah. Now, who's, who, Jeremiah is speaking, but he's getting his message from who? The Lord. Thus you shall say to your masters, I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are on the ground, by my great power and by my outstretched arm, and have given it to whom it seemed proper to me. And now I have given all these lands into the hand of who? Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. What does God call him? My servant. My servant and the beasts of the field I have also given him to serve him. So all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son until the time of his land comes. And then many nations and great kings shall make him serve them. And it shall be that the nation and kingdom which will not serve Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and which will not put his neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, the nation I will punish, says the Lord, with the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, until I have consumed them by his hand. So, the church today is divided about who should be in office. All right. The church is divided, whether, whether it's president, whether it's governor, whether it's mayor, whether, like I was talking about sheriff, it doesn't matter. We're going to be divided. And it really doesn't matter who, who's in office because you got some Christians that like one person and then other Christians that like the other person. The problem is we don't submit to the authority. Okay? So God calls Nebuchadnezzar his servant. Alright? So who made the earth? Man and the beast. Who is in control? God. Because what? He is sovereign. He is sovereign. So I have, he said also this, I have also given him to serve him. But that can't be right. Because Nebuchadnezzar was evil. See, we want it, we, we, we want, it's like I talked about before, I say it all the time. We want unrighteous people to make righteous decisions. They can't. They, 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 they can't. And if you think back to when you were not saved, there were things we were in bondage to we couldn't get out of. We, you know, we may have wanted to, but we couldn't. Amen. But it was only by the power of God. But how would they know the power of God? You know, not just the leaders, but the unsaved. How would they know the power of God unless we're walking in obedience to God? Because if we're not, we're bringing judgment upon ourselves. And we wonder how this country is going to go down. Because remember I tell you, it's not listed in Revelation. All right? We wonder how this country is going to go down. Yeah, we can look at things economically, but look at the pride and look no further than the church. Because what we've done is we've used our pride and said it was faith. We, and it goes back to what I said earlier. Oh, I'm not doing this because I'm a Christian. And that is against the Bible. Well, I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter. I'm not doing Well, then you're still violating God. because God, See, God recognizes who has the authority. Now, there's certain things that we don't do. And see, where we miss it with Daniel and the three Hebrew boys is, Nebuchadnezzar tried to replace God with himself in their lives. That was the difference. <clears throat> because, trust me, Daniel saw the witchcraft. He saw the animal sacrifices all the time. And guess what? He still went along. Not that he did those things, but he still went along. But the issue comes in when if governor says, no, from now on, y'all are going to worship me instead of God. Now, that's a problem. We don't do that. We don't do that. So, regardless of their unrighteous decisions, we still obey God first by obeying those who are in governing authority. Amen. We don't
don't have to like it. God will judge them. We're not to judge them. Why? Because the word, like I said, they'll get their judgment time before Christ. But we as believers are living in judgment right now. Why? Because we know his word. They don't. There's a difference. We know his word. So we can't say, well, you know what? I'm going to do this. See, we want to pick and choose when to obey. We can't do that. It's just like, we, you know, well, I'm not going to. I'm going to judge you for doing that sin, but I'm not going to judge you for doing that sin. You know, we can't do it. The word is the word. The word is the word. All right. So let's go to Ezekiel. 21. And we're going to get to a prophet that questioned God. We had questions with God about the evil leader here. Not now, but after this. So don't let me forget. So Ezekiel 21. Beginning at verse 21, and I'll read all the way to verse 24. <clears throat> For the king of Babylon, now we're going to see what type of uh, leader Nebuchadnezzar was. For the king of Babylon stands at the parting of the road, at the fourth of, of the two roads, to use what? Divination. He shakes the arrows, he consults the images, false idols, he looks at the liver, in his right hand is the divination for Jerusalem to set up battering rams, to call for a slaughter, to lift the voice with shouting, to set battering rams against the gates, to heap up a siege mound, and to build a wall. And it, will, and it will be to them like a false divination in the eyes of those who have sworn oaths with them, but he will bring their iniquity to remembrance that they may be taken. So, real quick, that, that false divination in their eyes, they're thinking it's, Babylon Nebuchadnezzar thinking it's their God that's giving them the victory, but no. It is the Lord Jehovah that's giving him the victory. But here, God's saying, this is his servant that's using divination. Verse 24. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have made your iniquity to be remembered, and that your transgressions are uncovered, so that in all your doings your sins appear, because you have come to remembrance, you shall be taken in hand. So those who were sworn oaths, also Zedekiah, Okay, so Zedekiah had a, a truce with Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. But guess what? He decided to break it. See, Jerusalem was never supposed to be burned down. But because Zedekiah decided to break the truce and, and, and not go along with Jeremiah, he said, well, no, he made a pact with Egypt. And guess what? That caused Nebuchadnezzar to get mad. And that's when he came and destroyed Jerusalem. Because all along... Read Jeremiah. Jeremiah kept saying through the word of the Lord, Go, be obedient, and you will live. Surrender, and you will live. And, and you will be able to marry, you will have houses. But the false prophets kept doing what? Nope. God would not allow us to go under a wicked person like this. Mm. Think no further than today, in his elections today. Mm. These false prophets. God would not, and they're still saying it today. But obedience. And then, see, because Zedekiah's disobedience did what? And here's something else Nebuchadnezzar did. So he comes, he catches Zedekiah, kills his sons in front of him, and then pokes out Zedekiah's eyes so he can no longer see. So the last thing he sees is his sons getting killed. Mm -hmm. 
and then takes them into bondage and makes them walk all that way. Hmm. As long as with the rest of the Jews as well, who he takes captives. And he burns the city of Jerusalem down, burns Judah down, burns the temple down because of their disobedience. They're disobedient because they didn't follow the word of the Lord. Hmm. See, so now we wonder now when we have Christians and we have leaders speaking out so harshly, they're not going according to the word of the Lord. And then we wonder sometimes why people get frustrated with Christians because how we acting? We're acting like Babylon. We're, 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 we're acting the same way. Now, I'm talking to myself too. <laughs> we're acting like Babylon. We're not supposed to act like that. But we're supposed to obey the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's go to Habakkuk. Uh, chapter 2. So, this is what I want to say. This is why false prophets, even dealing with Zedekiah in Jerusalem, when Nebuchadnezzar came to burn Jerusalem down because of his rage, because of the fact that they broke the truce. False prophets are so dangerous and led by the devil because they talk the people out of God's plan. God had already given them the word. Do this, and this will happen. And see, what we do with, as Christians, for some reason, God's people, Israel, it doesn't matter, all throughout the Bible. When God says do something, we have a habit of not doing it. And it's coming a time when God has warned us to not do something, the church is going to do it. And that's followed the Antichrist. And we have to be careful of that, that it is our pride that's going to get us in trouble before the Lord. Amen. And see, even when God was telling them to go, to submit, to surrender, it didn't make sense. But the ones who did, guess what? They had a good life. They had such a good life. Remember when I said to Nehemiah, some of them didn't want to leave. They want to stay there even when uh, their purchase took over. They want to stay there. Why? Because they had families. They had houses. They had money. Because, yeah, they were obedient. They weren't bickering and arguing. Because Nebuchadnezzar would have killed them anyway if they were, you know. But because he was just that ruthless. He was that ruthless. But we still see in Daniel where he glorified God. When he he was able to see God work. Even with three Hebrew boys. He couldn't deny that miracle. He couldn't deny it. Yeah, he couldn't deny it. Even those that bound him and threw them in, they died and got burnt. The three Hebrew boys did. Why? Because the Lord covered them because they were obedient. See, we look at it and say, well, they were obedient in the fact that, well, yeah, they just, um, they didn't bow us. No, they were obedient back in chapter 1. Because guess what? We would have done. No, I'm not going to sit there. You're not going to teach me occult practices. But if you go to public school, you're learning that. <laughs> public, elementary school, high school, college. They ain't teaching godly stuff. They may mention Jesus a couple times once throughout the year. But it's mostly ungodly stuff that they teach you. So I, I went to public school. <laughs> and I, remember, I, I, I can remember this day, the one time I heard Jesus in history class. I remember that. But that's the only time I remember anybody mentioning that. 
All right, wait a second, get back. All right, so chapter one, right, we're, we're going to start with chapter two, but I'm going to paraphrase chapter one, and you go back and read chapter one on your own. But Habakkuk, he's, he's sitting up there, and he's asking God, he's like, why am I alone? Why is all this injustice going on? And this is before Babylon Nebuchadnezzar came. Uh, you know, because he's seen people violate the laws. He's seen murders and things like that. Same stuff we see today. And he's asking God, why is all this going on? Because, and, you know, God's saying, look, my judgment is coming. I'm sending Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon is coming. Habakkuk took issue with that. He's saying, well, God, basically, how can you, being a, a pure and righteous God, send an unrighteous people? To destroy your righteous people. So let's go to chapter 2 verse 1. This is, so he's waiting for his answer now. I will stand my watch. Begin at verse 1. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. And watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I am corrected. Look at the humility right there. Not that no God. you And see just like we hear people today. Well God came and asked me my pay. No. Look at the humility here. We don't have humility today. Because he knows he's asking God a, a, a question, but he knows he's unrighteous, but God is righteous. And he's saying right now, God's going to answer and correct me. And he's willing to accept it. Verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, and see, we misuse this scripture right here. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. We don't heard the scripture, right? Because we done taught it ourselves, probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Okay, so write the vision down. He's talking about the vision that he got from about Babylon coming. Write it down so those who read it can run and spread the word. To tell the people to go and submit. It's not what we hear today. Mm. About, oh, write it down, this is what God's saying. No, that's not what that means. That's not what he's trying to say here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. But that's not what God's saying. He's saying, look, go so they can read it and run. Run it because they have understanding. This is why we're not supposed to preach things we don't understand. Oh, my gosh. Because we take things and regurgitate things from people and we don't even understand what they're talking about. Because God may have given them the revelation yeah. and then we want to take it and we want to copy and run with it because they have some big mega ministry. Oh my God. But yet, we, we quote this text out of context all the time. Ooh. I'm guilty. I've done it. Because I didn't know no better. <laughs> I told you I'm going to shake up your theology. Some things, you know, we, we, we've been getting for years. It ain't right. And, and I, you know, one of the officers that I, I rode with, <clears throat> Nick the Third day, <laughs> I don't know how I came, but we, we, we found, he found out I was a pastor, then he turned around and started asking me questions. <laughs> you know, but the interesting thing, because he talked about, you know, he said he was going to church, uh, but he doesn't go anymore. <clears throat> and he said, well, you know, he starts talking about some heathen ways he has. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I start talking about holiness and things like that, but, you know, at that point, he wanted to hear because then he said, well, you know, I believe we read, we all read the Bible, and then we get our own interpretation from it. No, this is, what, this is how the church landed the way it is today. Mm -hmm. Powerless. Powerless. Mm -hmm. 
So we wonder why we don't have the miracles that we do because we're trying to recreate things ourselves. Mm. And, and we've been mistaught in the church for years. And I, me too. Me too. And we're not getting the stuff that we should be getting because if we were getting the church wouldn't be out of control the way it is now. I mean, you have people who are going to church weekly, twice a week, and they're still going out there living like Babylon. Yeah. And they think it's okay. And it's not. Mm -mm. And that's why I tell people, hey, you might as well just go out there just live in the world. Don't come to church. Amen. Because what, you waste your time. <laughs> you know, you could be watching a football game live instead of watching it recorded. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> you, you're playing church. You're playing church. We, 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 can't, we can't do that. You know, because they, they, <laughs> I said that's a joke, but it's not, you know, it, it, it's not a game. It's serious. And, you know, we know the world is going to hell. Those that repent. But people who think they're saved. And, I, and, and you know, not nothing against a young girl. But that's not salvation. That's not salvation. And the things that the, the, all those people that were around her. Now, these were older women that were around her. That's not salvation they're giving her. You know why? Because that alcohol is her God. Never been addicted to anything. So not trying to make light of it. But when you bow down and you're addicted to drugs, that's your God. That's it. Because you put in that before. Same thing if it's pornography. That's it. That's your God. Because you're being disobedient to God and you're bowing down to those things. That's it. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that that's their idol daily that they're living before that thing. And that's not how it's supposed to be. But yet, the church is saying, it's okay. We love you. Yeah, we can love them. Yes, we can have mercy. But at some point, the foot's got to go down. Pass by and then the neighbor. Yeah, yeah. And I know some people probably see this. They see, I told you, he too hard. Don't go there. But <laughs> I'd rather be hard and you go to heaven. That's right. be easy. Praise God. Yeah. Because I'm t I, I, I see it. People are going to hell yeah. consistently while they're still going, talking about God, still praying, but yet they're on their way to hell. Yep. Yep. It's time out for the games. It, no, it's not time. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We're going to roll some things I, I'm seeing in the spirit, but, you know, we have to stay out of the Babylonian culture. We, we do. We can't allow that to, to creep into us. Um, you know, and I, I tell people, I, you know, I'll be patient. I'll talk to you one time. I'll talk to you second, third time. But look, there ain't going to be no fourth, fifth time. I'll keep giving you information. But yet you're still going to somebody else trying to get something. And then you're still dealing with the same problem. No, that's not. You don't want deliverance. You don't want deliverance. You don't want restoration. You, you still want to be in your problem, but then still have God to have that feeling. And really, that's what they're looking for, a feeling. And, and, and that is the shameful part, even with the young lady, because she's going to hell, and nobody's telling her. And I just have to assume that they don't know themselves. And I was tempted to listen to the message, but I said, you know what, I'm not even going to waste my time, because just reading, that, that tells me everything I need to see, based on what I read. Um, so, yeah, so I'll stop there.
Let me make sure. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Did I read Jeremiah 27? No. Nope. All right. Yeah, I'm going to read that. 27, 2 through 8. No, I'm going to read 9 through 22. So you can take that out of your notes. Y'all aren't attorney unless you don't want to. All right. So I'm going to read that. Then I'll close. Therefore, do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers. There's dreamers. <laughs> Dream team. Your soothsayers or your sorcerers who speak to you saying you shall not serve the king of Babylon for they prophesy a lie to you to remove you far from your land and I will drive you out and you will perish. But the nations that bring their necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let them remain in their own land, says the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell in it. So the nations, the people that were obedient, they were going to stay in their own land and they were going to remain there. Guess what? Israel could have remained there. But Zedekiah decided to do his own thing. So the people had to suffer for his disobedience. I also spoke to Zedekiah, king of Judah, according to all these words, saying, Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will you die, you and your people, by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence, as the Lord has spoken against the nation that will not serve the king of Babylon? Therefore, do not listen to the words of the prophets who speak to you, saying, You should not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you. For I have not sent them, says the Lord, yet they prophesy a lie in my name, that I may drive you out, and that you may perish, you and the prophets who prophesy to you. Also, I spoke to the priests and to all this people, saying, Thus says the Lord, Do not listen to the words of your prophets who prophesy to you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house will now shortly be brought back from Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you. Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city be laid waste? But if they are prophets, and if the word of the Lord is with them, let them now make intercession to the Lord of hosts, that the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord, in the house of the king of Judah, and at Jerusalem, do not go to Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars, Concerning the sea, concerning the carts, and concerning the remainder of the vessels that remain in this city, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, did not take, when he carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yes, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the Lord, and in the house of the king of Judah and of Jerusalem. They shall be carried to Babylon, and there they shall be until the day that I visit them, says the Lord. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. So we have to understand, and we can't be like the zealots. <laughs> we, we, we can't be aggressive. We, can't think, we have to be obedient to the word of God. We don't have to like the things that our government does, because guess what? We're not residents here. We're, we're ambassadors. Okay, Amen. unless it comes to a point where they're telling us that we need to worship them instead of God, then no, then that's a different story. But we have to obey because we can't, like I said, we can't expect things that Daniel experienced, but not walk in obedience like Daniel did. And see, we, we've been taught for so long that we have to, look, nothing wrong against marching, but that's not a God thing. It's not. Because we don't pray as churches. We, you know, we think about this. Even in D.C., the capital, they get together, they go down there, they rally, some pray. What would happen if they all got together and prayed? 
So even as churches, we come together, we, we, we don't come together and pray. We'll come together for social gatherings and things like that. But we don't come together and say, hey, let's pick a day and let's all our churches get together and let us pray. What a difference this area will be. The Richmond area will be. But we don't do that. When we go downtown, we're the only ones out there for the most part. Right? But yet we want to criticize the governor. We want to criticize the mayor. But what are we doing about it? But we want to go and we want to protest. And then we say we're not with them. And we have to be careful of that. Because prayer is what changes things. Amen. Not on marching. <clears throat> and see, I even heard Christians even going back to last summer saying, you know what, it's time out for prayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christians. People that we went to church with. <laughs> yeah. It's time out for prayer. It's time to get out there. And let our voices be heard. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. So we have to take a, a spiritual mindset in that because we can't take on the Babylonian culture. And Babylonian culture says to be led by flesh, selfishness, pride. Jesus say humility, meekness. And see, we'll even make excuses like even turn another cheek. And then we'll say, oh, no, I'm going to hit them. <laughs> right? But Truth be told, when we're high in the Lord, we are a lot more tolerant. And see, that, I'm going to talk about that word too, because that, that's become a dirty word, tolerant and compromise. But if you look at Daniel, he was actually tolerant. And he did compromise. But we've made it such a dirty word amongst Christian believers, and it, it should have never been like that. Amen? Amen.